You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Uh, We do, I think, have a new caller or possibly somebody with a new number. We'll see. But uh, go ahead, new caller. Brian, JJ. Hey. That's what I thought. I saw JJ, so I wasn't sure. Uh, you often say that there's only two things you do on offense. Yes. Running the ball and passing the ball. Can't do either without an offense. Have you considered <laughs> the third option? Uh, obviously not. We've got a young guy back there, athletic talent for days. Sure. All right, love the or? necessary muscle for his job, ginormous. Okay. What if we just go out there and have Anders Carlson, boom, 70-yard field goals on first down every time? I mean, that limits the potential of fumbles, interceptions. True. And then you don't have to put this underperforming, Unconfident offensive <laughs> line out there. Yep. Eh? I get it. Figure it's worth trying, right? Sure. Oh, by the way, I got a new phone. Yeah, I see that. So. Made comments Way when I called in that like, my audio quality was really bad, which, to be fair, it was. Uh, I still live way out in the sticks, so cell service is bad. But. Let's see. See if it sounds any better. It's hard to respond to sort of nonsense hypotheticals. However, it does have me wondering. If you had a guy that 100% could make a field goal, let's just say from 100 yards, like anywhere on the field, he could make a field goal. I would assume that you would probably still want to try, right? I'm just trying to think of a hypothetical where maybe you would do that, you know? I mean, obviously it would include having a terrible offense, and you'd have to do the math, and and basically you're not scoring on at least every second try. Because, you know, on your third one, you could have had nine points, whereas if it takes you three tries to get a touchdown, you get seven, presumably, right? We'll just make it automatically seven because you're not going to miss an extra point. What if the guy could only hit field goals but no extra points? So every time you score a touchdown, it's six, or you can take an automatic three. You probably would still try, and then just boom it on fourth down. But you get one pick six, and everybody's going to be screaming, you idiot, you should have just kicked the field goal from the 10-yard line. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to start. All right, Seth, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan, it's Seth. Just one more quick thing. I'm listening to your pod, and you're uh, currently killing love for being bad on deep passes. Yes, I already terrible. mentioned that one that I thought, you know, he released way before Watson came out of the break, put a lot of air under, and I thought Watson easily could have come back and got the ball. And it was like two yards under 
and he didn't have a DB right on him. So I thought it could have been a play. But the one I really wanted to talk more about is um, he threw that deep ball. I don't remember. I think it might have been the third quarter. Perfect. And uh, off Watson's hand. Um, and it looked like the DB. Well, first of all, that's one pass. Second of all, it was off his fingertips. And even if you want to blame Watson for laying out and not being able to catch it, that's fine. I think PFF did credit him with a drop. That doesn't change the statistics even more. Even if you call that a completion, his statistics, his grades, his everything on deep passes are horrific. It's not, I mean, there is nothing debatable. I mean, we, we cannot go down the path of saying, no, actually, he's quite good at it. Because there is nothing that we can, there's no amount of twisting the data you can possibly do to make it anything other than really bad. Made a good play, but if you look at it, the DB didn't interfere at all. Watson just dropped the ball. Um, and that was a beautiful deep ball. So I'm just... Uh... Well, again, a, a beautiful deep ball. And, and again, I, I've seen people blame Watson for not running fast enough. A beautiful deep ball is, as he's running, it lands right in his arms. Like, over the shoulder in his arms. If you have to lay out for it and it grazes your fingertips... That 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 is not definitionally a beautiful deep ball. Now we can surmise that maybe had he run faster, it would have been perfectly over his shoulder. Maybe I don't know. It's impossible to really know that. But um, I think we're kind of stretching the truth a tad. Just hold me accountable a little bit here. That I thought he actually had some good deep balls. Did he have some misses? For sure. I'm not trying to be. I'm not saying Jordan Love was good or perfect or anything. He was bad, but. I don't think he was near as bad as a lot of uh, a lot of guys, including yourself, are kind of making it sound. Um, and I'm sure I'll have a horrible PFF grade because he threw three picks, and, and I, I'm not here to argue about that. I'm just here to say this is a bad team performance. He had some good plays. He had some horrible plays. But everything wasn't horrible. All right. Bye-bye. So let's recap his deep passing, not just in this game, but on the season. He has the second lowest deep passing PFF grade with a 55.9. For reference, um, 23 quarterbacks have at least a 70 grade. 24 if you include rounding up. So that's not super great. If you look at his completion percentage, um, he is 31st out of 34 with completing 25%. If you look at his adjusted completion percentage, which does not include drops, he's 30th out of 34. He has thrown the ball 24 times, which, by the way, is ranked the fourth highest. 24 times. He's only completed six. Six. Which is tied for 18th. He is 15th in yards with 253. He has zero touchdowns and two interceptions. His NFL passer rating on deep passes, which generally are really good plays, is a 36.3. And again, I I can prove your point for you if you want, because again, if you look at his completion percentage, it's 25%. If you look at his adjusted completion percentage, it's 29.2, because there was one drop. So you're right, it's not as bad, but it's basically as bad. Not even counting drops, throwaways, any of that, he has completed 29.2% of his passes, which essentially is an accuracy metric. Um, Because... I mean, if it's if it's dropped, if it's the receiver's fault, it's not Jordan Love's fault. So if you throw a good deep ball and it's not dropped, I mean, what are, what other options are there? 
you could maybe say pass breakup, but I'm struggling to see that as a good decision if you're throwing up. I mean, it's it's at best a 50-50 ball. So again, I'm I'm not I don't think I'm being unfair. I think I'm I'm trying to be as bluntly obvious as I can be because a lot of people listen. I'm 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 a fan of Jordan Love and I want him to succeed, but I'm not going to make excuses for terrible football play. And this is just really really bad. There's no two ways about it. It's not kind of bad. It's not over exaggerated. It's not. You know, he's he's really good with a couple misses. He's had a couple bad decisions, a couple this, a couple that. It's it's really horrifically terribly bad. Not doesn't mean it can't get better. Doesn't mean it can't be fixed or improved or any of that. But I'm not going to mince words about horrible. I'm not going to talk I'm not going to look at something that is one of the worst in the NFL right now and say, "No, actually I think he's good. It's just a couple mistakes." That's that's not the accurate picture of this issue. This the accurate picture of this issue is the deep passing has been horrible. Now, if somebody else has some other data to look at, fine, but I mean, I'm looking at the data and it confirms what I'm seeing with my own eyes, and that is it just doesn't work. The deep passing is just not working. What up, Ryan? Corey from Ohio here. What up? Man, I'm telling you what. Everybody bl- blames the defense a lot of times and they haven't been great this year. I know they're a little rough, but I really think our offense sucks. Well, I think the defense was blamed early in the season when the offense was looking good and the defense wasn't. Um, and the offense has got prog- – the defense feels like it's been about the same defense all year. Like I said, they're a defense that can do an adequate job against a bad offense. They can't do an adequate job against a good offense. That's what they've been all year. That's kind of what they've been for a long time. The offense started – significantly better than the defense and has gotten worse every week and so now like the last two weeks i think the offense has been worse than the defense so you're right at, at this point saying the defense is the biggest problem is probably inaccurate um but it's not the case that the offense has always been the problem i mean it, this is a new issue that has arisen the last couple weeks um to where unfortunately we have to take our eyes away from the defense which is a problem and focus on what has become a much bigger issue which is seemingly the offense if you go back to training camp they said our defense was whooping our offense time and time again yeah but our defense can't do that to other teams offenses nobody's even the raiders offense who sucks so what's that tell you our defense is better than our offense and our defense is not very good i would say our offense is pretty bad too then and that was that was my fear in in training camp because we heard how dominant the defense was and we got excited about it and then they would go up against the Patriots or, or the Bengals and it's like they can't do anything it's like oh don't don't tell me that please don't tell me that because <laughs> because that's exactly the conclusion you draw the defense actually isn't that good but they are significantly better than your offense and that's terrifying and Matt LaFleur's offenses do not run as crisp and look as good as Shanahan McDaniel. McVay, nobody who runs that type of offense. And let's not forget, before he had Aaron Rodgers as his Hall of Fame quarterback, when he was offensive coordinator for Tennessee, they were horrible. I don't think LaFleur is really that good of a coach. I think he gets a lot of credit that he doesn't necessarily deserve, and he never has the team ready to play. After buys, we look lackluster. When we travel, we look lackluster. That's all coaching, man. I think LaFleur needs to go, and I think Love's quite the turd, too. Have a good one. Go Pat, go. Yeah, and I've, I've commented on LaFleur a hundred times. My stance is pretty well stated. It's possible that he's the problem, but I, I haven't seen the evidence of that. Um, 
you know, again, we started off the season with a red hot offense and everybody was bragging about Matt LaFleur. The offense started to stutter and now it's Matt LaFleur needs to be fired. I think that that's, it's hard to imagine that we went from he's a genius to he's an idiot in two games, especially since now I'm starting to already see videos come out and we're going to go, we're going to do a play by play thing here. Actually, we may have done it today. I don't know the timing of how these things are going to come out. But I want to do a sort of play-by-play of going through the game and looking at stuff. But I'm already seeing clips of, here's a guy wide open. There was a guy open. Here's a turn down. There's, you know, so guys are open and Jordan's not throwing it. That is not a scheme issue. That's not a Matt LaFleur issue. Now, as far as the other stuff, again, I've been critical of that as well. One of the things that's reeling me in a little bit, like especially the bye week, is twofold. Number one, like I said, we're actually 2-0 and the last two weeks, or the last two bye weeks. So it's hard to be like, well, we never win coming out of a bye because that we started... And and it was two playoff teams that were very successful, 49ers and Tampa, that we got beat up by. But the other thing is, when I started looking at, from sort of a betting standpoint, and looking at some other teams this past week, I looked at all the teams coming out of bye weeks and their history coming out of bye. Everybody sucks coming out of a bye. My, I think the faulty assumption is teams are really good coming out of a bye because they have extra rest and they've had extra preparation. Um, and so you you kind of just assume everything's great, but... At least the teams that I looked at, they, it, it, it is a common thing to struggle out of a buy. Maybe not 38-3 to three struggle, but um, it's not as good as you would expect, I guess, was kind of the surprising thing. Everybody that I adjusted in terms of, yeah, but they came out of a buy, wasn't we need to lean heavier into them winning. It's actually we need to lean a little bit. And, and, and that may be, you know, against the spread where you look at it and, maybe Vegas or people over bet people coming out of a buy thinking it makes a difference and it doesn't. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard because again, I can't, I don't like to compare things to perfection and I don't like to compare things to a vacuum. I need to compare it to something else. So, you know, well, look at how many times the team falls flat. Yeah, that does suck. How many times do other teams fall flat? I don't have that data, and until I do, I can't judge Matt LaFleur on that. You know, how look how the Packers come out of buys. Well, how do other teams come out of buys? If I don't know that, then I can't say. Um, you know, every team has games where they lay an egg. Some teams significantly less than others, but it does happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- th- there are concerns, but before I'm going to officially put my stamp on this is officially 100% what I believe. I've, I've got to have some kind of information in terms of like, what is the standard? What is the actual baseline expectation of where are we at? And if we fall short, then we fall short and that's a problem. But um, comparing it to the standard of we just shouldn't suck ever, I can't do that. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not there yet. I do have a lot of critiques. Um, I think personality-wise, not, not not talking about him as a bad person. I think he's a good person, but I don't necessarily think he's a great locker room guy in terms of, like, he's one of the boys. Again, I'm just making that up. I don't know. It's just it's just more of a feeling. It's not a data thing. But these are just kind of concerns that I don't necessarily bring up because, again, there's no backing there. But it's you're starting to see things, right? Like, they're not playing for him as hard as some you see other players seemingly play for other coaches. And then you get the Kurt Bankard thing, which, you know, everybody has conflicts with, you know, everybody's going to have people they like and don't like. And everybody's going to have people that like them and don't like them. So it's not that big of a deal, but it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it, you're starting to see more things going in one particular direction. 
And like I said, with the Kurt Banker thing, you just kind of put it in your back pocket and remember it and store it away. And I've got a couple things in the back pocket now. But again, you let all that stuff go because you believe he's a great play caller and he can keep us on the cutting edge of, you know, as long as we have an offense that can manipulate defenses and do the thing that we've been talking about for a long time where you don't need an elite quarterback. You just need a guy like the guy that we thought Jordan Love was going to be and may still be. I don't know. We'll see that as long as you can understand the offense and run it as it's intended to be run, everything's going to be fine. But if you can't be that guy, Matt LaFleur, then then yeah, we need to go somewhere else. But again, I haven't come to the place where I can clearly see that that didn't happen. I would need to see definitively, like there was there was nowhere to go for Jordan Love. We assume that because Jordan Love dropped back and didn't throw the ball. And then like we did that with Rodgers all the time too. Like, you know, there would be times when he just, there was, it seemingly was nowhere to go. Sometimes that was an offensive problem and sometimes it was an Aaron Rodgers problem, but you always just assume in that moment, like, dang it, man, why can't anybody get open? Well, we don't know that. We can't see the receivers. The TV copy doesn't show you that. You just see the quarterback drop back and you're like, come on, throw, please, please, please. Dang it. Nobody's ever open. But again, now we kind of go back and it's like, oh, shoot, actually some guys were open. So, uh, yeah, I, I, again, like I've said, I've, I've talked about that a couple times and I guess that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm open to the idea that Matt is not the guy, but I'm very nervous about it because I know that there is a massive pool of human beings that are going to be hired as head coaches that are definitely not the guy and are not as talented as Matt LaFleur. And if we make a wrong assessment based on frustration, um, we're going to go backwards and that's going to be a disaster. So I want to be 100% sure that this guy actually is not as good of a play caller as, as we all think. And I have not personally come to that conclusion yet. All right. So uh, last night was terrible. Um, I didn't get to watch it. I had to put my kids uh, to bed. Um, but three interceptions, no touchdown. That is not... Good. Something that should be looked forward. I don't, I'm flabbergasted even now. But, I know, I know, I know, I know we're all against what happened. However, I have to do a little reminder that there was another quarterback for the Green Bay Packers who, after years of sitting, had their first season. People were looking forward to seeing what would happen. The last time that Packers had a uh, QB change like this, was 2008, Rodgers. Do you know what happened in that season? The Packers yes. were 6-10. And imagine, if you would, what this podcast would have been like during that time. I'm hearing similar things to what I imagine would be saying about the team then and now. This year is growing pains. This year is figuring out what this team is. There is not an identity yet, which is scary. Yes, that is true. The, the way that they're playing, they have too much talent to be this bad. I believe, like everybody else, Joe Barry needs to go. LaFleur, he's getting on that hot seat. I think Gutekunst has done enough to do to be secure in his job. Whatever happened between him and Rodgers, it was going to happen regardless just because of the nature of the game. So this season, we I don't know what people's expectations were. I fully believe the Packers were going to do better than what they're doing currently. I believe that they should be doing better than what they're doing currently. 
However, I'm not surprised at this. This is a young team. This is a young team that the pieces keep going in and out, and I know that there should be a next man up mentality. However, with everybody getting injured all the time, it's hard to get cohesion. It's hard to get coercion. Cohesion. There we go. That's the word. Figured it out. Anyway, I don't think any chemistry has been built up yet, and I know that's sad. It's very sad because you had all, all of off season. You have all this time between games. It looks like my time's running out, so I'm going to call back in a second here. Yeah. Um, look, it's 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 weird because people get mad when you compare Jordan Love to Rodgers, but it's it's also funny because then they want to use sometimes the comparison to Love and Rod. So I look, I don't want this to be like the anti Jordan Love podcast, but they're just we seem to be heading in in one direction, and so I have to counteract it. Let me let me just be clear about one thing. Rodgers was better than Jordan Love at this point in the season. All right? That doesn't mean Jordan Love can't be good. That doesn't mean any of that stuff. But I'm I'm seeing a lot of people come out like, oh, well, look at what happened back then. Like, the, the team was bad then, too. Like, well, if you actually look at the offensive production, the offense was better than our offense. And if you look at the quarterback, the quarterback was better than this quarterback. Well, he had a game where he threw three picks, too. Yes. He also threw two touchdowns in that game. Um, and prior to that... Week one, he had a 90 passing grade. Week two, he had three touchdowns and an 88 passing grade. All right, and then the game after his two-touchdown, three-interception game, he had a 83 passing grade. The highest passing grade Jordan Love has so far is a 67. Rodgers, through five weeks, had three games where his passing grade was above an 80. He also had two games where he threw over 300 yards. Um... So it's it is not the same. Now, again, I know I'm not supposed to make comparisons, but I feel like everybody seems to want to make comparisons now to point out that Rodgers was bad too. And I know he struggled and the team struggled. But to be very clear, the offense scored a lot more points. The quarterback threw for a lot more yards. He threw for I believe more touchdowns or I, I don't really know, but less interceptions for sure. He graded out significantly better through 5 weeks. Um at this point, there is no comparison, other than to say it was rocky then, it's rocky now, therefore it's the same. But again, here, here's the thing that I always would say about people who do that with Justin Fields. You can't take something bad and then find something else that was bad but then got better to, to, to make some kind of case that it's going to get better. You can't prove something good is going to happen because something bad is going to happen or because something bad is happening. That's not how that works. It's just bad. And, and, and bad is just bad until it becomes something other than bad. But the problem is, even though sometimes things go from bad to good, every time something bad happens, it makes it less likely that something good happens, not more likely. Because, well, look at, you know, look at uh, Josh Allen. Well, he was bad and then he got good. Look at Aaron Rodgers, even though he was never really bad. But, you know, his statistics weren't quite as good. Um, he ended with a 79 PFF grade, 80.5 passing grade, 4,045 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 picks. Um, which, I mean, for Roger standard, maybe isn't the greatest in the world, the 13 interceptions, I guess, but, um, I mean, that's, that's not terrible and that's not the track we're on right now. So I just want to get that out of the way before, before we start making too many comparisons and trying to make sweeping, you know, comments about trying to compare the two. It's, it's not the same. It's very different. 
and and for the fourth time because I know I'm still going to have people reach out. I, I feel like I shouldn't have to reiterate, but then people will reach out and then say things, and it's like, well, you didn't listen. I'm not saying he can't get better. I'm just saying I'm not going to make excuses, and that it has to be better, and that my my confidence is waning the longer it takes for things to improve. I want it to be better. I hope for it to get better, and I acknowledge that it can get better. Okay, I'm not going to say that again, but I need you to understand that that's what I'm saying before I start getting a bunch of angry messages or people calling in pretending they didn't hear me say that. Let's take a break uh, real quick, then we'll come back to Tom part two. We're actually going to skip Kyle because Kyle snuck in a call before Tom's second call. But anyways, um, we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll see what Tom's second call is all about. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Sorry, I had to stop. I had to do. Um, Where was I? Oh, yeah. So I understand that other teams, they have, you know, uh, new pieces to add to their puzzle. They have... Uh, different coaching, and everybody else has injuries too, and so there's no excuse for the Packers to be the way that they're playing, which is true. However, not every team is created equal in a perfect world. That'd be fantastic to where, you know, everybody reacts the same way. Uh, plans can get easily switched over with the pieces that are out, but it's hard to do, especially last night, like, once Quay went down, it seemed like they kept on force feeding in the middle of the field uh, for the Raiders, and it worked for them. They, so it's it's putting a lot of pressure on the floor for me. That's the person who needs to be kept in check right now because they're able to see, oh, hey, one of their premier, like, threats on defense and regardless of what other people think when Quay's on the field he's a different type of ball player than what what the other linebackers we have he is a force and he is fierce he has aggression as shown by last year um and so it's just it's it's a chess it's a game of chess that's what football is any team could beat any team any given Sunday that was showcased with the Bears actually getting a win this year, and I don't know about the Bears being a better football team, Ryan. I understand that right now they're playing better, as showcased by their win, but not overall. Or their offense. So, or I don't agree with that sentiment. To me, that felt like a little bit of emotion getting into facts. Well, let's just, be, let's just recap what you just said. 
just just so we're clear because I'm, I'm i don't mean to be emotional and and i would happily be kept in check obviously i uh don't want to um praise the bears unnecessarily but just to be clear the words you just said you're not sure about the bears being better but also acknowledge that they are playing better right now i'm not sure what other standard <laughs> to use other than they're playing football better than us i don't mean historically necessarily i don't mean over the last several years or i don't mean we should have lost week one i think i exactly mean that they're playing football better than we are right now so i feel like we don't disagree on that you think i mean do you think i want to give them any credit i just, again th- this is the problem like it, it, it's all this team sports stuff where it's like you you shouldn't praise them Dude, I will trash the living crap out of the Bears. But if you, if you're, I don't care how bad their defense is. If your offense can put up that many points, and your defense is able to actually look somewhat competent, kind of, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie and pretend they suck when they're playing well. I'm not gonna lie and pretend the Packers look better than the Bears right now when they don't. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna tell the truth. And again, you said it, <laughs> even though they're playing better right now. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing that I'm saying. All I'm saying, I'm not saying something bigger than that. I'm just saying exactly that. They're playing better than us right now. Now, when we come out of the bye and they play a team that isn't like bottom five, is that going to change? I sure hope so. I would love it if we could come out and play Denver and do at least as well as the Bears did, like win the game and not lose it in the end and and maybe we can even score more points than them i don't know it's certainly not a guarantee especially since the way they've been playing but i'd love it if they did and i'd love it if if uh, i could get back to saying oh good we're better than the bears again but for right now based on where they're at and where we're at i would put the bears ahead of the packers not more talented not better players not even better coaches or anything just they're playing better than us at this particular point in time is the only thing that i'm stating which, fair enough, there's no excuse for the way that they've been playing. However, I'm no one should be expecting them to be an elite team. No one should be expecting them. Again, I just, I, I'm, I'm cringing, Tom. I'm cringing with the excuses. No, you, come on, man. Elite? Do you understand how big of a gap there is between elite and what we just watched? Come on, Tom. Don't do that. Don't, you're better than that. Don't play crazy games. Nobody's expecting elite. But there is no excuse for that level of play. That's it. And people are allowed to be upset about that and to say that that's unacceptable. And you even said Matt LaFleur should be on the hot seat. And I don't even know if I agree with that. But, you know, the the point is that we're talking about hot seats based on poor performance and acknowledging that the Bears are better than us. I mean, I... It's like you're saying all the things I'm saying, but just don't want to come to the conclusions I'm coming to. I mean, I, I don't know that we disagree on anything. But, to, I mean, to say we shouldn't have different expectations than what's happening is nonsense. We absolutely should have higher expectations than this. Nobody expects perfection. Nobody ever did expect perfection. Um, We just we got to stop, you know? I mean, I understand some people take things too far and people spiral out of control and we don't want all the negativity and you are a very positive person and you like positivity and I get that. And you're you're allowed to be positive, but just don't say nonsense. 
don't say things like, well, we shouldn't expect perfection. Nobody's expecting that. We're not talking about perfection. But what we are saying is that what we're seeing is wildly unacceptable from pretty much everybody across the board. Bears some blame, some more than others, but nobody right now is faultless. And um, it's just, it's garbage. It's complete trash, what we're watching. And and to to, you know, brush it off as like some minor bumps in the road and like this is just rockiness based on inexperience. I mean, we're, we're getting worse every single week. That's that's a major issue. Again, if, if, if it was rocky, but we were at least stable or ideally getting better every week or we're seeing some level of improvement, then I would be with you. Where it's like, it's it's bumpy, but it's fine, it's expected, and we're going in the right direction. We are rapidly falling apart. So this is not expected turbulence that we're seeing. This is something else, and it's something worse, and it's something that should be acknowledged. And be a good team. Everybody's young except for the defense, and but the defense is Joe Barry. We get it, and uh, we all know how that turns out. So it's just, I, I I don't know what other people are expecting. Not this. It would be better if they were exciting and losing. Fantastic! I, I would take that, you know. But at the end of the day, it was thirteen to seventeen, which is bad. That's. The defense did their part. Offense can do their part. Right. Four points to a bad team, but still. Right. <laughs> you're, again, you're saying all the things, man. You're saying all the things. I think you're just too positive to come to the negative conclusions. Right? You're you're a glass 90% full person when clearly the glass is only half full. But you're like, no, it's 90% full. It's, it's, it's basically completely full. It's full. Like, no, it's half full. No, it's full. You said it, half full. It's full. <laughs> like, okay. We're kind of acknowledging the same realities here, just trying to say completely different things. Um, I get it. I get I get the positivity thing and not liking the negativity, and it's just, it, it makes you um, not a very happy person. Like, can we all just be happy and, and stuff and stop being so negative? And I get that. The negativity is not fun, and it's toxic. In your soul, it just doesn't feel good. But again, I can't, you know, other guys can say different stuff. I'm sure there's other podcasts saying different things, and and if that's more your speed, I understand. I just, this is how I am. I'm going to just say it like I see it, and I, I hate, with a passion, excuses. I don't like it. I don't like excuses, right? It's okay to acknowledge mistakes and say it's just a mistake. I do that all the time. Like, it was a bad day. Oh, well, get over it. It's whatever. Like we don't need to panic and go over the deep end and get rid of everybody just because of a bad day. But I'm absolutely not going to make excuses about, well, he's young, and well, this, and well, we're did, 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 did. I'm not doing that. Unacceptable. That's not good enough, period. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I got. I, 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 I'm fine with let's not overreact, but I'm absolutely not okay with pretending it's something that it's not. Like, this was an expected outcome or whatever. It wasn't. Not this bad. And I didn't even have as high of expectations as most people. I had everybody call in and give record predictions, and the average must have been 10 wins. And I I was looking at that like, you guys are nuts. <laughs> so I had lesser expectations than most fans, I would say. At least people that were calling into the show. And I'm saying this is unacceptable. And everybody knows that. Like, I mean, Tom, you know that. You know. You know the glass is half full, dude. Stop saying crazy stuff. And stop saying that I'm saying it's empty, because I'm not saying that. Saying it's half empty, which is true. 
Ryan, Kyle from Madison. What up, oh, yo? Oh, man. Today sucks. Today, the, the morning after a loss, just, man, my work day just, it feels like twice as long. Everything's annoying. You all know what I mean. Yep. Um, look, I, I know everybody's going to totally blame Jordan Love, and he he's not the guy, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, look, I don't know. I get the anxiety surrounding that. And maybe he's not the guy. And I think you're right. There's going to be some, like, war on Twitter about it. But honestly, um, I, I just I, – I'm sorry. I don't think – he played a terrible game. Like, obviously. Obviously, he played a terrible game. But, like, I'm, I don't put this on the quarterback because what I see is I see a team that is rudderless, just completely rudderless. Like, you have, whatever, 11 days to come up with something. You know teams are starting to get some film on your young quarterback, and this is what you come out with. I'm sorry, the, the, a rudderless team. I'm Again, th- this is where I have to pause and say what is what they came out with. Like, specifically, what did they do that wasn't the right thing to do? Because I don't, I don't know the difference between the team didn't execute properly and the team couldn't execute even if they were playing well. Like, how do we know that? Like, what if I just told you right now that guys were open all day long and Jordan just either missed them or didn't throw it to them or whatever? Would that change things? Because if it would, then we can't say that unless we know definitively that that's not the case. I mean, we, we act like the game plan was to do exactly what we did. That, 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 obviously, that doesn't make sense. I mean, we, we want to run for like three yards and we want to only throw checkdowns and not anybody else. And we want to turn down open guys. We want to miss deep throws. Like, what, what is it that happened that we think was part of the plan? And, and I think a lot of times it's just a matter of it didn't work, therefore the plan sucked. Well, maybe it would have worked if guys didn't suck. You know? And, and again, to say that I can't blame the quarterback or, or that you're not going to blame the quarterback for the performance, dude, three picks in a four-point game? I mean, very rarely can you say definitively that would have changed the outcome. If you're talking three picks in a four-point game, I 100,000% promise you that if he didn't throw three picks, we win this game. I'm very comfortable saying that. Blaming the captain. I'm blaming the skipper. I'm blaming Lafleur. Like, put your people in a position to succeed. But again, how do you know they weren't? The offensive line seemed problematic. I, I, I agree with that. And I don't know who's to blame for that. I have no idea who comes up with these blocking assignments and, and plans or whatever. I don't know if it's Matt LaFleur coming up with plans. I don't know if it's the center not, you know, pointing out the assignments properly or if that's Matt Le- or if that's Jordan Love's job. I don't know. But as far as the play calling, the play designs, the you know, the the, the routes that were run and everything else. I don't know that they weren't put in a position to succeed. Again, unless you're just talking about the blocking. Because everything else, I have no idea. For all I know, Jordan had a very good opportunity to succeed and, and couldn't. So, again, I'm, I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just saying somebody needs to bring something other than, like, it didn't work, therefore we should fire him or something. You know? Like, well, well why didn't it work? That's the question. Why didn't it work? I, I just didn't see it. I didn't understand what the game plan was. I didn't Right, because we didn't see them execute anything. <laughs> what is the game plan? I don't know, because we can't complete passes. 
So it's hard to it's hard to see the game plan. I mean, obviously what they wrote on the whiteboard is not what we were able to see. So the game plan wasn't able to be executed. So how would we know if the game plan was bad or not if they didn't even execute the game plan? I don't know how we're doing that. Every, I mean, everybody seems very confident that that's something we can do. I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't know. Somebody, I mean, just, just call in and tell me, because everybody else seems to be of the same mind. Everybody agrees the game plan sucked. Tell me what the game plan was, because I don't know what it was. I'm the only one that doesn't, so somebody fill me in, and then we can talk about it. Understand, there was no rhythm to the play calling whatsoever, and I know you don't like... Again, how do we know? How do you know that? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you know that. People slamming on play calling. But, like, you have to admit, there was no rhythm to it at all. Like, nobody on Well, you get out of rhythm with things like incomplete passes and drops and guys running wrong routes and uh, plays getting blown up because they're not blocked properly. And, and that's that's what gets you out of a rhythm, right? That doesn't mean the play call was bad it, if the play call wasn't executed. We never actually got to see the play. Because nobody did their job and it wasn't executed properly. Right? It's really gotten to a rhythm. Except for Dylan on that one drive. And, 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 and again, that was the only thing I liked is the fact that the only thing that was working was A.J. Dillon and we stuck with it. And I feel like people are pissing and moaning about that. Like, well, that's, that's lame. All you're doing is running. It's only the only thing that worked. And again, if you run for four and then you run again, you run for four and it's third and two and you run again and get a first down, why would you complain about that? Like, oh, this is a, this is a boring offense. Like... Okay, so we should have passed on third and two, and then you know either taken a sack and then and then scream about you idiot the runs you know what I mean like it's just I don't know I don't know. I, again just just be specific because otherwise I'm just gonna sit here and say the exact same thing over and over again that I I don't know what you're talking about I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just saying I have no way of gauging this and nobody's telling me how they're gauging this they're just saying it. And what they did to get him in a rhythm is they literally just gave him the ball like ten of eleven times. Come hell or high water. I, I mean, that's not really a rhythm either, you know. Um, I and then the, you know, there's going to be mistakes, of course. Like when Love does get throw a perfect pass, you know, maybe Watson drops the one, or Musgrave drops one at the end of the game. It's just too young of a team to overcome that stuff. Where is the coach? Why are with? I'm sorry, but like that was a terrible game plan. I don't know what was the game plan. I don't know what it was. What in the heck we were doing. I have no idea what we were doing. What were we trying to even accomplish? Right, I don't know, because they weren't doing it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I mean, there were a couple times I could tell you. I mean, you could, again, if you go back and look what people are, some people are posting online right now, you can see a wide-open Christian Watson, and you would you look at that and say, that's probably the idea. That was probably done on purpose. Jordan doesn't throw it. He has a guy open in the flat. He doesn't throw it. He has Christian Watson open. He panics unnecessarily. The pocket doesn't collapse, but he doesn't trust it. He bails, and he gets out of there, and I think he throws it away. That's two turndowns, and we look at that and say that's a bad game plan. Again, the time he threw it, this is the one example I have, the time that he threw the pass to Jaden Reed, who was triple covered when he had Romeo Dobbs, which is clearly the design. Do you clear out with, with Jaden Reed, and you have Romeo Dobbs coming across the middle? That, that was an option. And it was who you should have thrown to, and it was a it was a guy that would have been open. And this is what we see from Matt Lafleur all the time. This was a good decision. It was a good play call, but Jordan decided to just heave ho it 
10 yards away from Jaden Reed anyways, but I'm just going to heave ho it to Jaden Reed and hope that he gets it in triple cover. Like, and then, and then, so, well, what is the game plan? This is stupid. The game plan was to throw to Romeo Dobbs and he chose not to. So again, maybe it was a terrible game plan. Maybe it was terrible play calling. I don't know, but that's the problem. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't know what the game plan was. I don't know what the decisions were. I, I just know that there was a lot of really bad execution and it's hard to execute any game plan when there's bad execution. And now I'm already seeing the evidence of situations where good play calling got ruined by terrible execution. Um, and, and yeah, maybe some of that, especially along the offensive line, is self-inflicted by the coaching staff trying to get tight ends to block pass rushers. That's stupid. But that's, you know, just a piece of a larger puzzle. So... Again, I, I, I don't know what the game plan was, so I can't say it was a bad game plan other than, again, to say anytime the offense doesn't work, we just say bad game plan. Out there, And I don't know how you can just blame the quarterback for that. I, that. Well, I'm blaming the quarterback for what the quarterback did, and what he did was play like garbage, right? I mean, the, the, the passing was terrible. Just all day it was bad. And he's bailing out of clean pockets. He's turning down open receivers. He threw three picks. All three of them were on his fault. I mean, to say that he can't be blamed for that, that was one of the worst quarterback performances I've seen in a while. I mean, come on. Like, what are we doing, coach? What are we doing? What are we trying to do? I don't get it. And, like, the defense played good enough to win that game. But, like, there was some seriously shake-my-head moments that what are we doing out there, too? I mean, it's the same stuff. It's the same Preston in coverage. It's the same like uncontested, uh, you know, receivers. I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I it, it was ugly for Love, but to me, it's uglier for the coaches right now. Um, I'm, I will hold my judgment on the quarterback until I see something resembling a game plan. No. All right. No. I worst game plan in the world doesn't justify those throws. It has nothing to do with inaccuracy. A poor game plan being executed properly. I mean, and that's the thing. If it was executed properly, then you could look at it and say it just it was it was stupid. Like if if he did the best he could do and it wasn't good enough, then you look at the coaches. I I don't care how bad the plan was. He didn't do anything good in that game. It was terrible, and I absolutely refuse to make excuses for a putrid performance like that. I mean, I, I have made fun of Justin Fields numerous, numerous, numerous times for games that are not that bad. And um, I'm just, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to withhold judgment. No chance. No chance. That was terrible. And it's getting worse with every review that comes out about, you know, watching back the game and watching back the performance. Um, again, Maybe there's there's issues with the play calling. Obviously, there's issues with the route running. You know, I mean, there's like, why are so many guys standing next to each other? I'm guessing that wasn't the game plan. Just like it's not the game plan to throw it into triple coverage. It's not the game plan to turn down open receivers. It's not the game plan to bail out of clean pockets. It's not the game plan to miss blocks. It's not the game plan. You know, I mean, we can't just call a lack of execution a bad game plan. A, a, a bad game plan is a bad game plan on its own and it's possible that that's what happened but somebody has to present something to me other than it didn't work therefore it was bad play calling right and 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 again you'd have to go out and actually look at the route concepts and everything else to try to decide what they're trying to do i mean it's the point is that there's a lot of work that needs to go in 
to discovering whether it was a bad game for the coaches. You can't just do that on a whim. You can't watch a game and say this was a terribly called game because you don't know what was called. I mean, there might be instances where you can decipher that, like you should have run it there or you, you should have passed it there or whatever, fourth down decisions, those kinds of big sweeping decisions that maybe you can you can do that with on an independent level. But you can't just watch a game and then say this is the game plan and it was a bad game plan and everything else. Like That's not possible. It's much more complex. That's why it's easier to look at Jordan Love's performance because he touched the ball every single play. I can see exactly what he w- was trying to do and what he didn't do. Every single incomplete pass, it's pretty straightforward to see what the issue was. Um, and again, three interceptions. I mean, come on, man. I mean, two of those were horrifically bad. One of them never should have been thrown, got batted in the air, and got picked. Even if you don't want to say that directly is his fault for a pick, it's indirectly his fault, fine, but it's still a throw that never should have been thrown. You know, again, Christian Watson did work back to the ball, and still it got broke up because he was just blanketed the whole time. And again, like I'm, I'm, and these these are serious issues that I'm concerned about, and I'm not going to make excuses for him. Like, I mean, he's he's starting to panic. All the stuff that he did that was really good is going away now. Instead of like the bad stuff going away, the good stuff's going away because he's getting panicked under pressure. He's not seeing the field. He's not reading the defense. He's not throwing on time. Like those were the the great things about Jordan Love, and now that pressure's starting to show up, all the good's going away, and the bad is still there. I'm I'm not going to sweep that under the rug, and I'm not going to blame Matt LaFleur for that. Matt LaFleur did not bake three picks into the game plan. It was not there. Matt LaFleur did not say, hey, guys, run the wrong route. I want you guys holding hands the whole time as you run routes. I want you right next to each other. I want you guys dropping passes. I want you missing blocks, and I want you throwing terrible passes. And by the way, if you could throw them to the defender, that would be ideal. I just I don't think that was part of it. Now, could there also be bad coaching? Sure, but you gotta you gotta demonstrate that to me. Like, what 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 did they do that they shouldn't have done? What was the play calling? What was the play design? Again, it's it's it requires a lot of work. That's why I don't have an opinion yet on that because I haven't done that work yet. That's much harder to do. There's no like statistics you can look at. There's no grades. There's no. I mean, it's not something you can just watch. Like even the wide receivers, I don't really know. I know they graded out poorly. I know the stats weren't great, but I couldn't see them. Maybe they were never getting open. Maybe they were and Jordan wasn't throwing it. I don't know. You'd have to go back and watch and like chart that out. Now, again, in terms of like why are guys not playing and and why is the, the, the team getting worse? Like on a macro level, yes, that's a coaching issue. Offense, defense, everything. Like guys are seemingly know less about how to play football than they did week one. That's a problem. Guys not being prepared, guys not understanding like that. Not being prepared to execute the game plan is, and if you want to talk to me about that, that's fine. But I can't talk about the game plan because I don't know what it was because I didn't get to see it because everybody sucked. Anyways, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Yeah, it's Corey from Ohio again. Just another thought. You know, Getsy and uh, Justin Fields been catching a lot of heat. Look what their offense has done. Those two, the last two weeks, mm-hmm. looks way better than Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love. Right. So, I don't know what to do about that. Everybody was calling for Getz's job, and Chicago needs a new quarterback. Well, then, what about us? Because their offense looks better than ours right now. Well, and, and this is really the point. I'm And listen, I don't buy Chicago, and I'm not out on Green Bay, but... 
you're making exactly the right point, and that is how can we be so critical of the Bears and then look at what's happening here and be like, nah. <laughs> it's just, it's, 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 uh, well, there's a word for it, but I'll leave it alone. Does that mean Matt LaFleur needs to go? I mean, he had 27th ranked offense in Tennessee. That's horrible. And when he was offensive coordinator in 2017, the Rams, he didn't call the plays. So, I don't know. Go, Pat, go. Yeah, and, and again, like long term, I don't buy Chicago. Not just because it was bad defenses, but because I think J- Justin Fields is doing what I said he was going to do coming into the season. He's going to stare down DJ Moore and just throw it. And if he's open, then it's just going to be a big day for Chicago. And if they take away DJ Moore, I think the offense goes to zero. Could be wrong. I don't know. We'll see. But you get a slightly competent defense that can actually guard DJ Moore, and I think that everything goes back to zero. I don't think that everything has gotten magical. But I'm I'm willing to at least acknowledge that they were able to get to a certain point, and we seem to be going in an opposite direction, and that's problematic. And to some degree, um, I mean, we, we 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 obviously can't just sit here and say this is fine. We have to change something. Um, I think Matt Lafleur is up for debate. To me, Jordan Love, it's not up for debate. There is no universe in which Jordan Love plays at that level. And he stays. So that's why I can easily blame him. Some of the other stuff, I don't know. We'll see. Right? I mean, the offensive line, again, we're going to have to replace the entire offensive line if they continue playing like that. I mean, Zach Tom is a question mark right now because the last two weeks have not been good. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. But, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going through the Matt LaFleur thing similar to how I went through the Joe Barry thing. And that is, you know, at first... I can't blame Joe Barry because I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what what was being asked of them to do, and I, I, clearly the execution is not there, et cetera, et cetera. And then after three years, it's like you know what, it doesn't really matter anymore. It's just not working with you for whatever reason. Matt Lafleur has been two games, and again, this is with him being called a genius after the first two weeks, which I don't think Joe Barry was ever called a genius. So I think that this is massive overreaction with Matt LaFleur based on as far as I can tell no information again if somebody wants to call in and say I broke down the film and I did all this stuff and here's what they were trying to execute here's why it was wrong if you want to go in depth on all that stuff cool I'll listen because because you know whatever but right now it just it seems like kind of just pitchfork time and again I've noticed a pattern of when the offense doesn't work it's that was terrible play calling and play design well but you don't know what the play calling or play design was yeah, I know, but it didn't work, so it must have sucked. Like, well, not necessarily. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, look, we, we take it a day at a time. That's it. And we, we continue to take in more and more and more information. And again, some of the cream will rise to the top. And, and we'll figure out what we have and what we don't have. And there's probably going to be some gray areas and some fights over Matt LaFleur, just like there's fights over Joe Barry. Is it is it a coaching problem? Is it a scheme problem? Same with Matt LaFleur now. Now that the offense is struggling, is it a lack of execution or is it the play calling well it's probably both but you know can we get better players and expect this to perform better can we get a new play caller and expect this thing to actually work or is is it both of them are irredeemable or, or whatever the case may be i don't know but it's way too early in this process in my opinion especially to throw matt lafleur under the bus um 
and really anybody under the bus. But we, we got to see how it goes the rest of the year. If they come out and, and are swinging and everything's cool, then this was a complete waste of everybody's time and, and emotional uh, currency, I guess. I don't know. Um, and if it continues this way, then, yeah, we got to have some tough conversations for sure. But um, we don't know because it's still, as I said, very early. Final part of my little quest for hope. Sure. Uh, Good way to put it. You have, everyone should be reminded about this, too. The Raiders have Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. who is one of the best wide receivers in football. Yep. He only got two catches last night from what I'm seeing, but still. You have to plan for that. Josh Jacobs last year, he was outstanding. This year, not so much. <laughs> I love how you call in and like you're 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 trying to I don't know, make a case, but then like actively make my own case against it for me so I don't even have to say anything. Like everything I'm about to say, like, well they have Devante and I'm like, Yeah, but he's not good and you're like, Yeah, but he wasn't very good. It's like I, I guess I don't need to be here for this, so I'll just let you play this out. Let you battle with yourself, and uh, we'll call it a day. <laughs> no. But they also have Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a good quarterback. It pains me to say it. Yeah. I just want someone to punch him in his hands and face sometimes on the field. But punching someone in their helmet doesn't make sense. <laughs> what? But anyway, it, and right. they have, Josh, like you said, Josh Jacobs. Yes. Jimmy G. Yep. Devontae Adams. Yep. That's a good offensive, you know, core. And then on the defense, Max Crosby, he's a game changer all in himself. And <laughs> I don't know what the hell they were doing last night. They were like, oh, hey, yeah, let's force feed Jordan Love to him. I, that makes no The play calling is uninspired. The talent is there on the field. They just they are not being put in places for them to succeed, which is an indic- maybe, indictment yeah, of the know, coaching staff. Might they, I don't know. Nobody should feel comfortable about that with their job on. Like, it, the whole entire thing for Matt LaFleur is, oh, he was only good because of Rodgers. Well, last year Rodgers gets injured and the team starts doing bad, so then therefore maybe, maybe they had something to talk about with that. And then, to start off this year, Packers are looking fun. They're trying wacky stuff like a flea flicker. Start off the game. Yep. Wild. But... By the way, that's an exact example of what i'm talking about right people are upset about like the flea flicker and you look at it and it's like but it was open it just didn't get executed right was it bad play calling or was it a great play call that just didn't get executed and then you say well it's it's if you can't execute it you shouldn't be playing it okay so what you're saying is we should reel in the offense and we shouldn't be so and this is what people called in about it's what i even came to eventually because it's like all right fine i guess if they can't execute it don't do it well, now the, now the play calling is being called uninspired. Well, no kidding. Because <laughs> we tried to be creative and they can't execute it. So now we are playing uninspired football, apparently, and that's not good enough. So this, this, is, this brings me to the question that I asked before. What is it this offense can't execute? You're Matt Lifler. What do you want to do? You can't complete a pass beyond nine yards. You can't run the ball. You can't do anything behind the line of scrimmage because it gets blown up immediately because everybody comes running downhill. You can't block anymore. What's your game plan? I don't, I, you know, everybody says this team doesn't have an identity, and that's, that's correct. We don't have an identity because there's nothing this team can do. 
It's not a physical team. It's not a finesse team. It's not an anything team right now. There's nothing that we can execute. That's, that's problematic. And I don't know that there are a lot of coaches that can coach their way out of that. I could be wrong. If that's the performance that my team goes out and does, I'm looking at them, and then I'm looking at me. I'm looking at them because why are we like this? And then you have to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh, that's why. I have to do better. I have to take up. I have to do ownership for this. This should not be happening under my watch. I am better than this. I need to do better than this. Someone needs to hold the coaches accountable. They they can't just keep on doing this and expecting to get away with it. All right. I don't Yeah, I but, mean, from a buck stops here standpoint, the coach always has to be accountable. But at the same time... The real question is, if we get a different scheme and a different play caller in here, is this fixed or is it is that a waste of time because this is what's going to result with that as well? Right? Because we, I mean, we can keep saying that and just keep firing coaches, but if it's an execution issue, what do you do? And then, and then we got to blame that guy too, even though he's not the problem. But, you know, buck stops with the coach. See what I'm saying? My My question is, are there people that can run Matt LaFleur's offense and be successful? If so, find those people. If there's no way to run Matt LaFleur's offense successfully because he's a bad game planner, play caller, and the scheme is stale, as has been asserted, then we need to go in a different direction. But right now I'm seeing terrible execution. So I still am asking the question of what happens when, and, and I think we saw it early in the season, what happens when this is actually, we saw it in 2021 and 2020 also, by the way. And you could say that's all Aaron Rodgers if you want, but it was Aaron Rodgers in 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015, and it wasn't as good. It wasn't back-to-back MVPs. For all we know, he would have gotten three MVPs if he didn't get hurt in 2022. I don't know. Who knows? But, I mean, it, we, we've seen some pretty remarkable things with these offenses with Matt LaFleur, and it just seems like we're so fast to forget all the good and just look at the bad. And I don't know if that's to run cover for Jordan Love, like kind of like what Bears fans do with Justin Fields, which I'm going to be pretty upset if Packer fans start doing that because I've been trashing them for a long time for that, where everybody gets thrown into the bus to protect the quarterback, the coach has got to go, the offensive line is terrible, the wide receivers are no good. I, I'm not doing that for Jordan Love. So if that's what we're doing to protect him, don't do that. Um, if it's what we honestly think, that's fine. But I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know if that's what's happening, but I'm, I'm not going to throw away all the good that we've seen with Matt LaFleur's offenses here because like six years ago, the Tennessee offense didn't work because the guy they built the offense around was injured and their quarterback couldn't feel their hand. Um, and then forget about the MVPs, forget about the 13-win seasons, forget about how we started the season, focus on this one game and say the coach should be fired because the play calling is uninspired, even though I don't know what the play calling was because we couldn't execute anything. I don't I don't know. I just I'm just not in the same headspace as everybody else. I'm just not I'm not seeing the picture you're painting. Um I'm again I'm leaving the door open. It's possible everything is true about the the play calling was terrible, the game plan was terrible. I'm I'm acknowledging that the team is not prepared, which is a, a coaching issue of, in and of itself. But I'm just 
and I, and I, I know I'm saying this now, and you guys have already gotten your calls in, so it's not like you're responding to me, but I'm just saying moving forward, if we're going to say the play calling is bad or the game plan is bad, you have to tell me what it was. Because if you don't know, then you can't say that. <laughs> that's that's going to be my standard. Um, you can't say something is bad if you don't know what it was. Hey, Ryan. I know I keep calling. This is the most mad slash confused I've been after game in a while. Usually, I don't stay mad the next day, but I just I just don't understand. And I, I the more I think about it, I just like what happened to the Matt Lafleur offense is what I can't understand because. Like, does he not trust Jordan to love, love to run it? Like, this is not – I realize with Rodgers it was a hybrid thing, but, like, the hybrid was stretching the field out, putting more receivers out there. And I just feel like we're not see- – and I get we've had the injuries, Jones and Watson being out, I'm sure has been a huge part of that. But, like, has Watson – he's been back two weeks now. Has he gone in motion once where, you know, other than the time we actually handed it to him? Like, if you do it once and you give him the ball, you're not fooling anybody. Like, I don't know. I just feel like – Thinking back about the games and watching them, it's just not that style of offense that we thought before would be running. It's just very, it's very vanilla. It's very, you know, I I usually know what we're doing before we hike the ball, and if I do, I imagine the defense does. So it's like, I don't know what happened to all the motion and all the running, a lot of plays out of the same formation, and then you know, the deception of this time we hand it off, next time we hit the slant. Like I, I don't know. I don't know what is going on. Well, I, and again, I, I don't remember, but my recollection is there 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 is very often motion. Um, there's a lot of motion, and, you know, again, the one time we did give it to Watson, what happened? It got blown up, and this this is the problem. Like, we want it to happen, and then when it happens, it doesn't work. Um, and then, you know, what you're essentially describing is play action, and there was a ton of play action in this game, right? Sometimes you run it, sometimes it's a pass. That's That's generally play action things that look the same. I mean, I think these things are happening. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how to address that other than to say I don't know how you know that they're not doing that. But again, I, again, I'm, I'm clearly in the minority here. Everybody's watching and has a very clear idea of what plays they should be running and what plays they're not running. I don't know what those things are. Um, I saw terrible execution. I saw terrible blocking. I saw horrific quarterback play. I saw wide receivers dropping passes, and all I'm hearing is Matt LaFleur is to blame, and I, I have no idea why that is the number one takeaway. I just, I cannot wrap my head around how that is the takeaway. With the offense. And I'm already talking about the defense. I don't know. I, the defense just isn't good enough. I mean, really, the defense led up 17 points because... Yeah, and 14, because three wasn't where they should have. Raiders should have got a touchdown, likely, and the defense held them to three. Like, the defense, to me, when you look at the numbers, like, they really don't have too bad of a day, but they just can't get off on third down. But I don't know. The offense is just confusing me because, like I said, I I don't see the Matt before offense, and I don't know if that's just me or if other people agree that, like, it's just not what I'd expect to have seen. I expect to see more of it with Rodgers gone, more of that before style, and I feel like I see less of it. So maybe that wasn't the before style. And so, anyway. Go back yeah, and again, I don't know what the Lafleur style is. It's hard to know because I'm not. We're not seeing the play get exit. Like Jordan Love drops in the pocket and doesn't throw the ball, and then runs and scrambles. Like, what was the play? I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a West Coast offense, and it's it's similar formations, and then similar plays in terms of sometimes you run, sometimes you pass, and and I I'm I'm positive that they're doing that because that's the entire offense. 
So, like, I, 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 I guess I don't know specifically what it is that you're hoping to see that you're not seeing. I mean, it must be something. I just, I don't know. I, I Again, I got to go back, and, and this is the problem. I always have, like, 10 different notes of things I want to mark down as I go back and watch, and then it gets to be way too much, and the notes are just a mess, and it's not even coherent, um, and I end up just watching it, but... I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm misremembering the game or if the entire world is misremembering the game or, or what the situation is. But, um, again, I, I just... It, it seems to me when guys were doing what they were supposed to be doing, our offense looked pretty good. And then when guys stopped doing what they were supposed to be doing, like at the same time we saw the offense stop blocking... At the same time that we saw Jordan Love completely implode and turn into a really bad quarterback, suddenly it seems like the play calling isn't as good. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why the offense isn't working as much. I wonder why when the offensive line blocks and Jordan Love makes good decisions, even without a run game, the offense actually looks really good. I, you know, And that, that was like three weeks ago. It wasn't even that long ago that the offense looked really promising despite not having Christian Watson or Aaron Jones or anything. So I, I don't know. I don't, I, again, the, the problem I'm having with all this is it, it lacks any specificity. I don't know what it is that we wanted to see that we didn't see other than success. Like, I wanted to see it work better, and it's not working. All right, why, though? Like, we know the players were bad. How do we take it another step further where we know the coaches were bad? I just, I don't know. I don't know how we get there. But, um, again, I'm clearly in the minority here, and maybe I will have a different opinion um, going back through the walkthrough and just seeing. And, and, and again, I, I remember one play in particular because I, I was wondering that. Like, why why does it feel like nobody's open? I don't know because I can't see, but... Why does it feel like there's nowhere to throw the ball? And on one of the plays, they did show behind the quarterback, and everybody ran, and it was very easily covered. That was obviously not the right call at that time. And if that was the case most of the time, then yes, there's something wrong with the play calling. If that's not the case most of the time, then it's not the play calling. So, um, yeah, we'll have to take it on a play-by-play basis and just see, does this play make sense or not, from my perspective. Not, not that it's the perspective but my perspective just as sort of a second look i guess because you know you watch it live and it's hard to kind of really absorb it all and i hate going back and watching losses why i drag my feet but um i'm gonna have to because there are very strong opinions and i i just i can't i can't get there but anyways i'm gonna leave you guys with that have a good one i'll talk to you tomorrow Bye bye taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com